Hey guys, I'm Zach Sudanik, and I'm here with my brother, Zeb Sudanik, and we're here to give you your latest sports news. We're here to break everything down for you on Sudanic Sports Talk. This being our first episode, we're going to give you a little bit of insight into what we do. Zeb? We're here on Sudanic Sports Talk to give you all your sports needs from NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, and all of your college sports. We're going to break everything down for you. And anything you want us to break down, just leave a comment and let us know. We're going to start in the NBA, where we just had five great Christmas Day games. I'm going to give you a few scores here, and then we're going to get into a little bit more of the action. In the first game, the Boston Celtics went on the road and won the first ever Christmas Day game in Canada, defeating the Toronto Raptors 118 to 102. Then, next, Embiid and the 76ers shut down Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo, defeating the Bucks 121-109. to Then came the upset of the day. The Golden State Warriors defended home court and defeated the Houston Rockets 116-104. to Then the big game, Battle for LA, with the Clippers defeating LeBron and the Lakers 111-106. to and in the nightcap, the Pelicans went on the road and defeated the Nuggets, 112-100. to So we're going to break down these a little more. But, Zeb, what were your initial thoughts from your Christmas Day games? Just big picture. Well, you saw a undermanded Warriors team come up really big in their primetime highlight game against Harden, Westbrook, and the Rockets crew. And then you saw an interesting one in our nightcap as Zionless Pelicans went to Denver to defeat the top Western Conference team there. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that Golden State game. That game really was a battle of an undermanned, as you said, Golden State team with a couple guys on two-way contracts, which we'll get into that in a second, going up against Harden and Westbrook. And Harden still finished with a good stat line. He had 24 points and 11 assists and six rebounds. Westbrook had 30 points, 12 rebounds, and five assists. But they never really got it going, as Golden State, led by Draymond Green's 20 points and 11 boards, and Damian Lee's 22 points and 15 boards, jumped all over him. The interesting thing with the Warriors is their two-way contract situation. And a lot of people don't know much about the two-way contract. A two-way contract says that a player can only be in the NBA for 45 days with their team or else they must be sent to the G League or be cut or signed to a full NBA contract. Well, Damian Lee and Kai Bowman are both playing top eight rotational minutes for the Warriors right now, but both of them are on two-way contracts, which sets up an interesting situation for the Warriors that will have to be resolved soon, and we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to get into the big ones. Um, Clippers, Lakers, primetime, battle for L.A., Kawhi and Paul George versus LeBron and A.D. What were your impressions from that game? Well, you definitely saw the dominance of the Lakers if they wanted and needed to be dominance. So you saw that that could happen. But you also saw a lot of fight out of the non-Kawhi and Paul George important members of the Los Angeles Clippers organization, such as Patrick Beverly, 
and Lou Williams had a good game too. I think that the big thing you saw was that the Lakers need another playmaker. LeBron James and Anthony Davis both played well, and they both played 39 minutes, but they needed another playmaker. Danny Green was inconsistent in that game. He had an off-shooting night. Kuzma had 25 off the bench, but really the Lakers need another playmaker on the perimeter, whether that be a defensive stopper like Andre Iguodala or whether that be a J.R. Smith-type guy that can go get a bucket or a Jamal Crawford that's out there right now. Touching on that Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma got really hot in the first quarter with 15-4 and from beyond the arc. Yeah, Kuzma was feeling it early. But what do you think is the difference between these two teams right now? The Clippers have beaten them both times. The first one without Paul George. And now lead the season series 2-0. I think it's the guys I mentioned earlier. It's their non-stars stepping up. And you see that the Lakers had one or two non-stars step up for big times. And they've had them all year. But you see here consistently down the line the Clippers had a big 18 off the bench from Harrell and definitely the strong performance from Kawhi Leonard helps both times as he's been able to play some great defense on LeBron you can't really shut down LeBron he's extremely hard to guard correct but LeBron James really struggled down the stretch in that game LeBron made some plays, but he struggled. He missed a crucial free throw late in the game that forced them to need a three, which was blocked on an outstanding play by Patrick Beverly and then overturned on the call due to replay. And that's a whole other story about the replay there, but that was an outstanding play nonetheless. Yeah, LeBron has struggled from the free throw line a lot this season, shooting just about 66% on the year and that's been a major major issue for the king now i want to get into a little bit more of your general nba picks here because we haven't had much this being our first podcast we haven't had much of a chance to see how we feel yet so i want your western and eastern conference finals and then your nba finals pick here um well i think you're gonna see what almost happened Last year in your Eastern Conference Finals, if it wasn't for five bounces off the rim by Kawhi and a great shot, I think you're going to see the 76ers and the Bucks with the Bucks having home court advantage there. Bucks with the home court advantage over the 76ers. I think that in my Eastern Conference Finals, I'm taking the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that the Sixers are going to struggle down the stretch to find consistency from Simmons and Embiid in a seven-game series. What about the West? One thing more in the East, I think your big X factor for the Sixers is Al Horford. Al Horford is a big piece for them because he is a very good outside shooter when he gets hot. He can stretch the floor there as a big guy, and the Sixers really went and got height to try and combat... Giannis Antetokounmpo, and it worked in that game on Christmas, but I don't know that it's going to work in a seven-game series. Yeah, I see your point. To the West, 
this is a tough one. I think you have a lot of very strong teams in our Western Conference today. I think that I'm going to go with the Clippers getting to the Western Conference Finals because I don't remember a recent year where Kawhi hasn't gotten to a Conference Finals. He's been outstanding. And... It's a tough one. I mean, you've got so many options that you could go through in the West. I mean, I'm going to say, I'll make my pick. My pick is going to be the Los Angeles Clippers. And then I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets. I think that the way the seeding is going to come out, I don't, I just think with the way that these teams are and with the Clippers and load management, I don't see the battle for LA being the conference finals. I see it being in the semis. And I think the Clippers come out on top. And I think it's going to be Denver. I think you're going to see Denver come out of that side. Although, a sleeper pick that I like and don't sleep on is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, led by Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, are quietly, once again, sneaking into that 4-5 spot there. And Donovan Mitchell is a baller. And Rudy Gobert is a shutdown defender inside. And those guys are a team that you are not going to want to see deep in the playoffs. That's right. That's right. Another team to watch out for, I think I'm going to take the Houston Rockets in the conference finals. But another team to watch out for, making a, I don't see them making a deep run, but they could make a 7-2 or a 1-8 upset if the Clippers get the one and play their load management style, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm not loving the Pelicans this year. I think without Zion and with the way that they've been really struggling, they have the worst record in the West right now. I don't know that they are going to get in, I think. But they're definitely a team to watch for next year. I think they have been playing well of late, just a little bit. I think a better team to watch for might be the Portland Trailblazers. With Lillard, McCollum, and Anthony. They've got scoring to make a matchup interesting like that. And Portland's been quiet this year. They've got pretty much the same team that took them to the They do, but they are really struggling right now with working things out. But they are always a team that is going to be there when it counts in the end. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll make their way in. They're struggling right now, and they're sitting in the eighth spot right now. At 14 and 18. But I think that they can get in. Or if they can get in, they can make something interesting. Especially if they get a favorable matchup. That's a matchup I don't like for Denver. Because Jokic, Murray, and Harris are all defensive players. And they're all... Oh, well. Harris and Jokic are are both very good defenders. But Portland can score. And that's not a matchup I love if I'm Denver. But we're going to switch gears here now after we get your finals champion. So finals, matchup, and champion. Go. Um, I got the Philadelphia 76ers being defeated in six games by your NBA Finals champion Los Angeles Clippers. And I think you're going to see a finals MVP of 
Paul George. Paul George. I think that you're going to see a finals matchup of the Los Angeles Clippers against the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that the Milwaukee Bucks get it done. And I'm going to say your 2020 NBA champion will be the Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis taking home his first finals MVP to go along with a regular season MVP. And that's my prediction. But now we're going to switch gears into what's coming up tomorrow from the day of filming. The college football playoff semifinals. We'll be right back with that after this break. Hi, and welcome back to Sudank Sports Talk. We're here to break down the college football playoff semifinals on this segment. We've got a nice preview for you, and we'll make our picks at the end. Starting it off at 4 o'clock is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl with LSU, number one LSU, taking on number four Oklahoma. And then in the nightcap, in the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, number three Clemson, reigning national champion, takes on number two unbeaten Ohio State. We're going to start with the Peach Bowl here, and I'm going to have Zeb give our prediction or keys to victory here before we give our predictions. And it's going to be first up for Oklahoma. Zeb, your one key to victory for Oklahoma. I think that one key to victory for Oklahoma is getting their offense started running early. They need that electric, high-powered offense that they've had all season, fronted by Jalen Hurts, helped by his many talents along the outside, including star wide receiver CeeDee Lamb. And I think for LSU, on their side of the ball, their key to victory is containing Jalen Hurts and also limiting Oklahoma's big plays and keeping their yardage mostly under 20 yards per play and minimizing those big 20-plus yard plays that Oklahoma is known for. Yeah, I think for Oklahoma, I think the key is going to be taking advantage of the opportunities they're given. LSU's defense has struggled down the stretch outside of the last two games, and they are going to have opportunities down the field with Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb. It's just going to be all up to whether they take advantage of them. For LSU, it's going to be, one, it's kind of out of their control, but are they healthy? Clyde Edwards-Hilar, their starting 5'8 junior running back, who has had a monster season rushing for almost 1,300 yards and 16 touchdowns, is questionable to play. Coach Ed Ogeron said he expects him to play, but how much he's not sure. And that is a big key for LSU. But also for LSU, it's that high-powered passing attack led by Heisman-winning quarterback Joe Burrow and star-wide receiver sophomore Jamar Chase. That's going to be a big key for this game. LSU is a 13.5-point favorite, and that is a big, big spread for a college football playoff game between two of the top four teams in the country. But in the end, it'll all come down to when they play on Saturday night. Now into the next one, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Clemson, Ohio State, reigning national champion versus powerhouse Ohio State led by 
former Georgia quarterback Justin Fields. This is going to be a big one. Lawrence Fields. Chase Young on the other end for Ohio State is a big, big threat for Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. What's your key to victory for Clemson, Zub? Um, for Clemson, I think it's going to be blocky number two all night long because I think they're they're going to need to get going and get on the board early because I think when it comes down to third quarter, fourth quarter time, I think their old line is going to have enough of blocking Chase Young and he's going to go off. How do you block Chase Young? Do you send two at him? Do you send three at him? I mean, the guy has been phenomenal this season for them. And that there's a reason that he's projected a top two pick in the NFL draft if he decides to leave. I think for Clemson's best, Clemson, the best option to block Chase Young is not the option Clemson's going to go with. Because I think the best option to block Chase Young is have your running back sit in and help on him on your passing plays, but that leaves out Clemson's big offensive weapon in Travis Etienne. And Travis Etienne is a stud. 1,500 rushing yards and 17 touchdowns this season. He has been phenomenal for them. But I think the key for Clemson on the offensive side of the ball lies with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is undefeated in his college football career. Has not lost a single game since taking over as the starting quarterback of the Clemson Tigers midway through last season. Trevor Lawrence has hot down the stretch. He's had six straight games of three-plus touchdowns and no interceptions. But the question is, can he do it on the big stage? Everybody's talking about it. Clemson has no wins over ranked opponents this season. But in the end, when it comes down to it, Can Clemson win games in the big time? And yes, they have one ranked win, but but the team is not ranked now. They have no wins over the top 25 now. Except for Virginia. Excuse me, I guess I was wrong on that one. Yeah. So, they have the Virginia ACC Championship game. I stand corrected. But, nonetheless, can Trevor Lawrence and Clemson perform in the big time here against Ohio State. Key for Ohio State for me, I think, on the offensive side, is getting J.K. Dobbins going. When the back for Ohio State is going well, everything is going well for Ohio State. I think Justin Fields is going to get his. He's got a ridiculous stat line. Almost 3,000 passing yards, 40 touchdowns, and one interception. That's insane. That is a 40-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. That's ridiculous. And I think he's going to continue his big season here against Clemson. But I think it's going to be, on the Clemson side, you have to get pressure on fields, but contain him. If you can get pressure and then have somebody as a spy, that's going to be your best option there. But the tough thing with that is Ohio State has such good athletes outside. It's so hard to stop those guys outside. Chris Olave, K.J. Hill, J.K. Dobbins out of the backfield. They're so deep on the outside with athletes that it's so hard to cover them in man. You, ha- you almost have to go to his own, and then you're just begging for Justin Fields to tear you apart. Another thing, the easier thing that Clemson has versus if they would have played Ohio State before they played Michigan is 
Justin Fields took a big hit to the knee in that Ohio State-Michigan game. And he is now playing at what he said is about 75 to 80% with the knee brace on. So his running mobility will be questionable in this big Fiesta Bowl matchup. That is something definitely to keep an eye on here. Clemson is a two-point favorite here as they close out in this game. The over-under being 62. I think I'm going to take the over on that one. I think they're going to see quite a bit of scoring here. But let's get our predictions first from Zeb on LSU-Oklahoma. Give it me a winner and a score. I think you'll see the Oklahoma Sooners win the shootout. Really? As I got Oklahoma with a score of 52 to LSU's 49. Wow. A lot of offense in that one, and I am guessing you're going to take the over there. The over at the over under at 76, which is already high, but you're taking the over, I'm guessing, there. All right. I am going to take LSU by a score of 35 to 31 in a game with some scoring, but not out of the box, like ridiculous scoring, like you just said. I think you're going to see both of those high powered offenses in That's action. a combined score of 101 points out of those two teams. That is insane. We will see. Clemson, Ohio State, pick prediction. I think you're definitely going to see a lot more defense in this one as both of them have very, very good defensive fronts applying pressure to those two mobile quarterbacks. And I think you're going to see Trevor Lawrence win yet another college football game as the Clemson Tigers edge the Ohio State Buckeyes by a score of 34 to 31. I'm going to go a little bit less high scoring than you again. I think this time I'm going to agree with your pick. I think Trevor Lawrence and Clemson get it done. I think that Trevor Lawrence is a big game quarterback, and I think he's going to show that again, just like he showed last year in the playoff as they are en route to two blowout wins. I don't think they win by double digits. I think they do cover the spread of two, though, and I think they're going to win this one 24-21. And that's all we got for you folks today in this episode here. Thank you for tuning in as we covered our Christmas Day NBA games this year as they were tremendous. And you heard our insight and predictions on your college football playoff. For Sudanic Sports Talk, I'm Zach Sudanic. And I'm Zeb Sudanic. Thanks for listening.